These are the Keishi Tapes. You, Man, and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Keishi, the longest-running rock station in the country. Welcome to Keishi Tapes, John Uledan. Favaz. The Hi. mighty Favaz. And, uh, yeah, today we're doing an interview that Favaz did with John Entwistle, the late John Entwistle of The Who. Unbelievable that... Uh, you found I, it. Well, that I found it, and I, I interviewed him here about his gig at the High Point, which he was doing just for fans, you know, that uh, he was promoting. And then I interviewed him at the High Point. That's the one I can't find yet. Oh. But the one leading up to the High Point is this one right here. Uh-huh. And it's just, I, I, it was unreal that I was like, hey, there's, and it says N-Twistle on it. And you know how it is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, You don't know yeah. what that includes. It could be just him doing a promo for the radio station or something. Right, but, right, yeah. right. So I listened to it this morning, and um, I was like, I'll be damned if that's a real interview on the phone. So Yeah, yeah. and, and coming from one of the great legendary bands of all time. Right. You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, what, what was his nickname? Uh, he was The, the Ox. Ox. Yes, The, the Ox. Ox. Uh, and uh, so, what, you know what the interview was about? It was, it was about, he was promoting his High Point gig coming up in November of whatever year it was. I'm not, I'm not even sure of the year. But it was done on cassette, and um, I got, it, could have been, it could have been the uh, Powerhouse or the Annex. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. I think it was uh, after 2001, so it would have been uh, the, the Powerhouse building. But anyway, we're, we're ready to go. See what this thing is. Well, if it's on cassette, that means I gotta get Come way on, yeah, down assume here. Assume the position. <laughs> it's way down on uh, to my right and way down below here with the other. Just hit play. Gotta bring the microphone down. Is the cassette up? I'm on my knees. Is the cassette, cassette up? Oh, cassette is not. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, okay. okay All right. So here we go. John and, and, and it's amazing how good the recordings of these cassettes yeah, have held really up is. over all it these really years. Is. It really uh, is. Here we go. All right. Casey 95, the St. Louis Classic. It is Favaz, and hopefully with me, who's on the phone now? Uh, hold on, you got Eric, yeah, you, got, you disconnected me, man. All right, we're calling John Entwell, so wherever his hotel was, had him on the line, and then uh, his business ma- or his manager. Stall, 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 stall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That never happens, does it? <laughs> was supposed to put him on, and then they hung up with like 30 seconds left on the song, so we're, we're waiting for John Entwell. Here we are. John? Okay. Hey, no, this is Steve the American and John the English. <laughs> With me on the phone right now is Steve. And Steve, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Longo? That's correct. All right. And also John Entwistle of The Who. Hello, John. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Oh, uh, there's his voice, else. John. Hey, but some, there was somebody there, else there, in here. Yeah, he was there. I, I don't know how much of this... Uh, he participates in the interview because I, you know, I've got John, John Entwistle on the yeah, phone. Yeah, you know, so. yeah, yeah. First of all, let's uh, let's uh, set this thing up as to why we're talking to both of you. John Entwistle and his band will be here in St. Louis Wednesday, November 11th at the High Point Cafe, which is located at 1001 McCausland, right at 40 and Clayton. And uh, playing... Who would have ever thought that John Entwistle would be at the High Point? Crazy. Isn't it? You know, and, and I was there. I, yeah. I saw the whole thing. It, yeah. was, it was crazy. Two shows, a matinee madness show from 5 to 7, and then an actual concert later on in the night. And um, when we announced this last week, people were freaking out. John, tell us exactly uh, what the matinee madness part of this whole thing is. You know, there's going to be a heart attack there when you say two shows. (laughs) (laughs) We did two shows, we die. Well, it's it's almost two shows. Well, no, the matinee madness is actually... 
I, I guess it was developed by our office in New York because we would pull up to venues and there would be people waiting outside, you know, real hardcore fans that wanted to get things signed or say hello or whatever. And um, we figured out a way to uh, have the club limit the admission to, uh, to, the, to the sound check and have them come in and watch the sound check. And then we hang, hang out with them because it's a limited amount of people, so we get to say hello to everybody. That's right. It's only like 150 tickets, and you, know, you can you need a separate ticket for that and a separate ticket for the concert. Do you know how much it, did it charge to do that? Remember what the price was? No, for no, no, I don't. And that was that was obviously the American Steve talking. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I was there for the the matinee. It yeah. was it was really neat. You don't remember ticket price, huh? No. It had to be Steve. No, I, ours is free, John. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you're the, your face <laughs> is your pass, my man. That's your ticket. They are fifteen dollars in advance, seventeen fifty the day of the show. So, uh, John, you do this thing, and you actually try to meet everybody that's uh, at this uh, matinee madness. Uh, yeah, I mean, when there's a, when there's a, a lot of people, there's a, there obviously has to be a line. But um, yeah, I get you know, I get to meet most people. Yeah, so uh, people can bring their people can bring their Who records and, and all that stuff, and, and you would even sign that stuff or what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of signing. I mean, but we limit it to limit it to sort of. Uh, Right, of and, course. Uh, and four other items, basically. Uh, otherwise, I'll be there until you know, halfway through the show or something. The idea of keeping it a limited admission is that, you know, we really do get to actually talk to people, not, right. hi, how are you, next, please. Exactly. If somebody has a question that they're dying to ask anybody, it can finally get answered. Now, with me on the phone, once again, is John Entwistle of The Who and Steve Longo. And Steve, you are the drummer, correct? Yes, that's right. Okay. Now, uh, talk about this new record that's out. It's called Music from Vampires. Now, Vampires is an animated kids' show, right? Mm-hmm. And how did you uh, become involved with that and doing music for, for a kids' yeah, show? Well, no, no, nobody cares, but, but, yeah. but we'll, hear, we'll see what he has to say here. Yeah, <laughs> plus you had to ask the question. I had to. That's why you got the interview. Well, that was part of it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Well, after we did a tour in '96, uh, John, John and I decided to form another band in late '95. We wanted to go out and, and play again and just just play. Mm-hmm. So we, I got two other musicians from New York, um, Godfrey Talon, uh, Townsend, no, no relation, no relation. I was no about to say that. <laughs> and uh, Alan St. John, and we went out and we were out for about nine weeks. And when it turned up that we still liked each other at the end of nine weeks, we decided to go to John's estate in England and cut a demo. He has a full-blown studio in his, in his, uh, in, on his estate. So we went there and cut three songs for, uh, for a demo and started looking for a deal. A friend of ours at Intel told us that Intel was getting involved in the computer generation part of the animation of this thing, um, computer generating these images. Well, Intel was around, so it had to be the 2000s, right? Was it, John? I don't know. And asked if we would be interested in doing the music, and that's how it started, and you'll see how it finishes at the show. Now, that re- that record is out now, correct? No, it's not. Actually. Oh, it's not. Now, on your bio, it says... We it have a... Well, it was supposed to come out, but what they did is they made a gigantic deal with a uh, a, a company called Toy Masters in China really? to, do the, uh, to do the licensing, so they're holding the record back in conjunction with the toys to go to Toy Fair in New York at the beginning of the year. So this record theoretically won't be out till the beginning of the year then? Right, but we are, we have a limited amount of singles that uh, we're giving the singles away, but we're charging for the covers. (laughs) $1,000 a piece. $150,000 take for the night, not bad. Mm. (laughs) Perfect businessman, correct. Yeah, well, it keeps me out of uh, trouble with the record company. John, what's it like for you playing these little small gigs? I don't know if you remember playing with this guy that nobody knows. Yeah. Old Casey Cafe. We... (laughs) 
had a, we had a restaurant right next door to the radio station here, and I know you played there. It must have been. Oh yeah, yeah. Were you there when that happened? I, I, I did not see him play there. Oh. I, I was just looking up when he died. He died in 2002. So this oh, interview 90s. must have been, you know, late 90s. Yeah, so yeah. it would have been in the uh, annex building. Yeah, 96. It was 96. That's what I was thinking. What's it? Oh, I, 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 you know, I, I love playing the small places. Yeah. I mean, um, people actually get to see what my fingers are doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we want to really know, John? Well, sorry? What, do, do we really want to know what your fingers are doing? Uh, <laughs> Um, Steve liked that one. Yeah, Steve did. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Well, yeah. Well, I know. I'm just kidding, man. Well, the people that do want to know can. They're producing. Okay. Well, the high point only holds like maybe, I, I shouldn't even say, but it's max maybe 250 or something like that. So this will be ver- 200, actually. So it's it will be a very intimate setting. Um, John, I had the uh, pleasure of interviewing Jimmy Page back in June, and I asked him this question, and I want to ask you it. Are you ever overwhelmed by the body of your work, of everything that you've done with The Who and Solo, everything. Do you ever sit there and go, man, I did all that? Um, no, no. I mean, just about 30 years to think about it. <laughs> um, oh, how could you not be? I know. Come on, man. Yeah. You, you, you could say no all you want, but, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I interviewed Jimmy Page. We had Jimmy Page on the Casey tapes. That was, that was July, June of 98. So this was right around... After that time, mm-hmm. you know. Do you remember what Jimmy's answer was? Uh, no, I don't. No, no, okay. sorry. Mm-hmm. You really? You kind of get overwhelmed by how important the Who are compared to you. Sometimes I'm sure you know, everyone in the Who does. But, um, no, I mean, but no. Okay. Our, our work was spread over quite a long time. We had a lot of time off in between albums, and, and we didn't make that many albums uh, compared to a lot of other bands like the Stones. Well, you know, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't, I mean, uh, well, I mean, they go back to mid-60s. Though. Totally, yeah. I mean, 60s and then through the 70s They had such a 80s. different sound then. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, they went from a kind of a pop yeah. rock band to, uh, you know, very progressive. Rock. In a lot of cases, yeah. yeah. Rock operas and stuff like that. But a lot of that work was done by Pete Townsend. Right, so, right. Know, righty and all that. So right. if you ask Pete, he probably goes... God damn, yeah, I'm worn out. <laughs> Can't think of another thing to write on a piece of paper the rest of my life. Right, right. Let me ask you the proverbial who question then, because if I don't, the listeners will kick my ass. I, the last thing I read about the who was that there was going to be a BBC session record coming out. Is that true? Uh, yeah, that's true. And do you have any idea when that's coming out? Uh, pretty soon. Pretty we're, soon. Uh, we're held up by a couple of uh, old producers that keep uh, stepping in. And uh, and and at, at this time, no uh, no desire to do uh, new Who material or anything like that between you uh, and guys. Not really, no, not until not until uh, well until the millennium, I should imagine. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you one more Who question. What 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 is the song or record or whatever that you're most pleased with when you when you hear it now and you go, wow, that was that was some of our best work or, or some of my best work. What 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 do you think about that? Uh, I thought probably probably the real me. Really, love that song. Uh, real me, I yeah. love that tune, yeah, man. And boy, has that got a bass thumping on it? Yeah, Woo. yeah. Hex, hence the nickname, the Ox. Yeah, the I mean, Ox. He just chopped that thing. Yeah, it was probably the only track that I was completely relaxed and I played exactly what I wanted to play. I mean, basically, I, I thought it was just a run through, uh, so I was just. Uh, 
I was just messing about. Really, the real me. And you could say that as far as Roger Daltrey's vocals, that might be the very best song for him, too. It could be. Yeah. Another five takes on the song. Uh, there was a lot straighter, and, and uh, the whole band decided that the one with the, the crazy bass on was the best one. So it was actually pretty well the first take mm. of the song. Wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. I didn't uh, realize that. Yeah. First take. First take. Yeah. First take. Yeah. Back when they <laughs> recorded music, the way you know it was just it was just live, and a lot of times live yeah. in, in the studio without any kind of manipulation of the tapes or the the, the computers, and there were no computers back then. All that. Yeah. Thing. I mean, and you see on the internet, the, a lot of these things now are kind of hot. On the internet, have been for a while. Young people, for the and it says for the first time, so and so hearing this song, a young right. person and their, right. their reactions, and and they yes. can't believe, and then they can't believe the song, and then when you tell them how it was done, and they're like, no freaking really? way, yeah, they can't believe it, yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's how it used to be done, man. Yeah, kind of a freedom on it. <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking with John Entwistle and Steve Longo. Steve is the drummer and business partner then? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we decided that uh, as far as solo work was concerned, yeah, we're not, no, not at all. Not at all. No, but um, yeah, we just decided that we wanted to uh, merge. Yeah, I couldn't understand what they yeah, said. I don't know what they and said. And their either. voices are somewhat similar. Somewhat. They're, yeah, just a yes. little bit. Yeah, they're deep voices. Businesses and direct our solo careers. Um, and that's about the extent. I see. Well, John Entwistle and his band will be in St. Louis Wednesday, November 11th at the High Point Cafe. Tickets are on sale now. You can get them at all of the usual outlets, including uh, MetroTix at 534-1111. You can buy a ticket for Matinee Madness, which is from 5P. You know what I like to, would have loved to ask John Entwistle? He's playing and keeping the backbeat with, with Keith Moon, mm-hmm. who was all over the place right. with those drums. Yes. I wonder if he struggled to try to stay with Keith, you know, if yeah. it, that ever, did Keith ever frustrate him? Yeah, that, that would know? have been a, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> Didn't ask that. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no I'm not going to say anything about you. No, I'm no, 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 I, I would have. Uh, I'll never get a chance to ask that. I've gone it. 7P, where you can check out their sound check, and I, I heard you even maybe even grab a listener and let them sing a song up on stage. Uh, Is that true? That we, yeah, we sometimes have somebody up to sing the real me. It's, <laughs> it's really funny. So people better practice. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. I, I kind of remember that. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah, that they invited somebody to come up there, yeah. and, and he did well. Oh, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The real me because you might get pulled up there to do it. And then if you want to go to the if you want to go to the concert, you have to buy a ticket for that. That is separate because they clear everybody out, and that'll start later in the evening. And no songs repeated from the soundcheck is uh, is that well, true? No, right? not true. Not Sometimes true? we play songs in the soundcheck that we are going to play at night, but a lot of times we play ones you know ones that we're working out or you know things that we're uh, trying to come up on. See, another thing about this is we're recording a live album during ah. the tour. So uh, we're working out new things so that we can get everything recorded throughout the night. So come down and scream and make noise on the live. Cool. Please. $15 in advance, seventeen fifty the day of the show, and the new record from John Entwistle. That Fif- was it? That was it. I said that earlier. I, I oh, kind of Yeah, I kind of glanced over it. But, oh. yeah, that, that was the price of the ticket for the show. Oh, my god. $17.50 day of? Is that what I said? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, man, to be up that <laughs> close and personal. Yeah. John Entwistle. Mm-hmm. But you know that's kind of what was happening to a lot of these classic rock bands in the in the '90s. You know, grunge had come in, and and their music uh, was kind of going through a phase of 
eh, we've heard that. Let's move on to something else, you right. know. And so their their value in the eyes of a lot of people dropped. Whether it was Bob Seger or yeah. who or you know a whole bunch of those classic rock artists went through that down period. They did, and, it, and this was. Definitely during one of those periods because it was in the '90s still. Yeah. So mm-hmm. grunge was still fresh on the minds of yeah. everybody, and yeah, you know. And music from Vampires will be out right around the first of the year. Steve Longo and John Entwistle, it was an honor speaking with both of you, and uh, thanks for coming on Casey with us. And we'll see you on the 11th. Thanks, guy. We'll see you there. All right, we're gonna play uh, John's favorite song now from the Who. It's the Real Me on Casey 95, the St. Louis classic. There you go. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just to hear that voice of the, him speaking, you know. Uh, most of the talking for the band was done by either Roger Daltrey or Pete Townsend. Mm-hmm. You, know, you didn't hear a lot of interviews, I guess, with John right. and Twistle, you know? You know, and, and then I, I went to that High Point gig, and hopefully I'll find that uh, interview. But, you know, that was one of those interviews that I did, and somebody else, I was relying on the board op at the time to record everything and mm-hmm. put it back, you know, and give it to me. So who knows? But I just remember him being uh, very nice, and he could barely hear, you know, in person. You know, I, I I was talking to him. I was like like literally on top of him, really? speaking to him. Yeah, because his hearing was that his hearing far is, gone. is so bad. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I remember I interviewed him behind the bar at the high point, and um, I talked to him. He was he was great, but to see him play the real me, it was something else. Yeah, you know. So it was how neat. how old would he have been at that point in the late nineties? Um, in the late nineties, he would have been. Let's see, he was born in uh, 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 nineteen forty four. So you, you well, figure it two thousand fifties, yeah, fifty six, and he and he couldn't hear. Yeah, wow, yeah. So he 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 was really hard of hearing at the time. Man, but, Pete Townsend couldn't can't hear. His hearing's messed up. Can you right. imagine be like hanging out with those guys for? A, <laughs> 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 yeah. What did you say? I don't know. What did you say? Oh, man. Anyway. All right. Well, that's uh, the Casey Tapes episode for this week. I'm John Hewlett. You can follow me on Twitter at STLUman. And on Instagram, I'm Johnny Hewlett. Hey, I'm Favaz. See ya. AMF. The Casey Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to Casey95.com or the Casey mobile app.